Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you. <laughs> Amazing. In some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Red State AGs, we need good ones, and we're just about to get one. We'll talk about that tonight. Talk about punishment, crime and punishment. We have things about education and the state of things in blue cities. All that's coming up tonight on I'm Right. Punishment, crime. These are things we talk about in life. When you're a child, you talk about them. I don't, mom doesn't spank me. When you're an adult, you talk about cops, robbers, politicians, things like that. We talk about crime and punishment. But here's the honest truth. No society is ever going to figure out the perfect system. Oh, these people did it too harshly. Oh, these people were too soft. But there are some things we know. There are some things that aren't theories. There are some things we know for a fact. If you start punishing something severely, severely, you will get less of it. You will disincentivize that something because it's being punished severely. Why do we have much weaker Italian crime families, mafia families in this country now? Because they decided to do this, well, I won't go into the details of it. They decided to make sure these guys get long prison sentences when they're discovered for their crimes, Boom, like that, they're ratting on each other, and we lost all the power. Not all of it, but so much of the power that came with the crime families. We saw a crime we didn't like. 
We decided to disincentivize said crime, crack down on the crime, less of the crime. The FBI is a criminal organization, a criminal organization that works exclusively on behalf of Democrats. This is not unique to the FBI. Most of the three-letter agencies are in this. The FBI has criminals working for them, criminals who've used their position at the FBI to commit crimes against the American people. Now, you know, and I know, that no nation at any point in time in history could afford to have its federal police force full of criminals who commit crimes against the people. You, the nation won't last. We're, in a point, we're at a point in our society where our nation won't last. Okay, well, what does that mean? Here's what it means. It means people in the government, they have to be arrested and tried and sent to prison. Elvis Chan with the FBI, I want you to watch this and I want you to understand there's no saving America until this person is arrested and sent to prison. I was very involved. Our field office, FBI San Francisco, was very involved in helping to protect the U.S. elections in 2020. And I think we can all agree, or I think many of us can agree, that it was a very safe election, that there was no malign foreign influence. There was mostly not uh, voter fraud, despite what you hear on, on different outlets. We talked with all of these entities I mentioned regularly, at least on a monthly basis, and right before the election, probably on a weekly basis, right? If they were seeing anything unusual, if we were seeing anything unusual, sharing intelligence with technology companies, with social media companies, so that they could protect their own platforms, right? On October 15th, Elvis Chan had a call. Who was that call with? That call was with Facebook. This is October 15th of last year, right before the election. He had a phone call with Facebook, October 15th. What was the subject of that call? It was the Hunter Biden laptop story. You see the FBI, because they had wiretapped Rudy Giuliani, they found out the New York Post was going to run with a very damaging story for Joe Biden's election chances, showing Hunter Biden to be a world-class criminal in bed with his father business-wise. It very likely could have cost Joe Biden the election like that. And Elvis Chan used his position of power at the FBI to call Facebook and told them to censor it, that it was Russian disinformation, that it was inaccurate. You see, you see the gangbanger on the side of the road selling drugs and you want him thrown in prison forever. And you can do that, that's fine. I'm not all pro-gangbanger, but I will tell you, there is no United States of America in 100 years until Elvis Chan sits in the, in the cell beside that gangbanger for 100 years. Until these people start going to prison, nothing changes. Nothing can be saved. Remember what I said a month ago? I believe everything that comes out of the DOJ, FBI, everywhere, I believe all of it is a lie. I think I'm being lied to at all times. And if you would like to earn back my trust so I believe you ever again about anything, you will arrest that human being. You will put him through a public trial for violating the civil rights of Americans, for violating, abusing his post at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And as soon as the cell door closes on Elvis Chan, as, he'll be, as he begins his 30-year prison sentence in Fort Leavenworth, then you will start to earn back a little bit of my trust. 
Joining me now, I have such great news for you. I have such great news for you. You know the great congressman from North Carolina, and I hate pretty much all congressmen, Dan Bishop? He's leaving. Hopefully, he's going to be the attorney general of North Carolina, and red state attorney generals with a pair are the only chance we have to save this country, and that's freaking great news, okay? Congressman, one, congrats. I hope you win, AG. Two, I, I'm not trying to be over the top for TV. Government people have to go to prison or we can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. They do. A hearing, a resignation, so you can go work at Stanford for 250 grand a year. That's not, it's not going to restore public trust. And without that trust, the country's gone. So I agree with you, Jesse. And uh, the problem is that Congress doesn't put anybody in jail. Uh, you got to get the White House in order to have the DOJ. And then, you know, they've always thought the DOJ has to be independent which you do want to have independent judgment exercised, but ultimately it's under the responsibility of the president of the United States. And we've seen time after time, you know, John Durham came and testified before us. Matt Gates took him apart. I actually think he's a good faith actor, but all he proved was his actions were, were feckless. They didn't accomplish anything. And um, much as I'm sympathetic to uh, the, the burdens he was under, that's not good enough. And I hear it all the time from people out here, uh, Jesse, they're, they're done and they want something done. You know, I see, you see it all on social media all the time, do something. And it is true that the institution's power is making laws and conducting oversight investigations. Prosecutions rest in the same department where the bad guys are. Okay, did we somehow, we'll get to what you can do here in a few, and uh, did we somehow mess up on our system here, Congressman? I'm pretty proud of the system here, as I know you are. I got a pretty freaking good system. But what you just described sounds like a gangster government that will never hold itself accountable. So the only people who ever go to prison are normal civilians, and the people in power never go to prison. That's not a good system. What happened? Well, it's a great question, Jesse. The, I think the problem is you've got to have integrity in the executive branch. You, if, the, if, if the corrupt folks are allowed to take over there, and, and I guess there's another thing, Jesse, which is just that institution has, I've said a couple times that the, in my, expect, or my experience here so far, the Justice Department reveres itself more than the Constitution. And everybody that we've, intend, we've uh, sent there, whether it be William Barr or Jeff Sessions before him, were overawed by the Justice Department. You know, it's a long history and Robert Jackson and so forth. But the Constitution's more important. And um, now I will say this, Jesse, if the Congress, there's one other thing the Congress can do that takes also takes stones from leadership. And that is they could say, and I've said this before, should do it. They should say, Kevin McCarthy should call Schumer tomorrow and say, no spending bill bill is going to emerge from this Congress except one that defunds the prosecution of Donald Trump under that gross attack on the First Amendment that is this latest indictment. That's what it would take. And if you had people who were serious, I mean, this is, so as I said before, we can't prosecute people directly. And in fact, you got 500, 435 members of the House, 100 members of the Senate, Unless there's somebody with stones in the leadership post, they're going to walk all over the Congress. And that's what's been allowed to go wrong.
Okay, so let's deal with the world we have, not the world we want. Our leadership right. sucks. We know most of the senators suck. That's Nothing's going to be done at the federal level. Even Bill Barr, like our AGs even suck. No one wants to actually do anything, which is why I talk all the time about red state AGs and red state governors, a coalition of red states pushing back, which is why I was extra thrilled yesterday when I heard the news about you. What are you doing? Well, look, I'm, I appreciate your saying that. A lot of folks, you know, have watched the fight in Congress. They see relatively few members who are prepared to really swing for the fences. And so some folks are, you know, they say, gosh, you can't leave Congress. You're one of the few fighting. And I do think there's going to be another day in time, Jesse, when Congress reasserts its proper authority, when we have the right kind of people there who are prepared to make change instead of being locked in the status quo. But for now, you're absolutely right. That's the conclusion that I've reached as well. There's far more potential in the office of a, a, a red state AG in the not only ability to set the tone in, in North Carolina, but but preeminent is the, the opportunity to continue the litigation that state AGs have been responsible for in so many instances. Just recently, the cancellation or the the, uh, the rejection of Biden's cancellation of a half trillion dollars of student debt. That was state AG litigation. Uh, the 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 uh, order, the injunction out of the United States District Court for the District of Louisiana on the government's censorship routine with social media, uh, suppressing millions and millions of posts by Americans. That's attorneys general litigation, and it goes on. In, in, in situation after situation. I really don't take any satisfaction, Jesse, from the fact that AGs are the most potent weapon. They really shouldn't be. We shouldn't be depending on our litigation system to get things straight. No. But it is true that that is the situation we're in now. And North Carolina has never had a Republican AG. Since we sort of had a maturing two-party system in 2000, it was first Roy Cooper who became governor, and then Josh Stein. We've been out fundraised terribly and that's, you know, that combination of reasons is why I'm leaving Congress, because I know I've got an you know, existing uh, ex uh, established donor network. I know how to get after it. I've been around the block a couple times. I can win this seat. Well, let me tell you right now on the air, Congressman, whatever you need, I will do it. Whatever you need, we got to get you in there. First of all, before I get, let you give out the website on this show, why do they call it attorneys general? That's so stupid. It's attorney generals. I refuse to use the proper English. It doesn't make any sense. It sounds dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Republican Attorneys General Association <laughs> just endorsed mm -hmm, me yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to have to go with the terminology, I guess. We'll try to be all proper, use the right terms. But... Um, Yes, you sir. Said, Jesse, What's your website the, so people can donate? Can people donate? For, they they can, Jesse. And uh, and you know okay. it is necessary. That uh, last time we ran a Republican in North Carolina, they raised about a half million. The Democrat raised ten point two million. And uh, oh. Democrats Democrats jump all over these seats because they knew they they know they can use them to manipulate uh, the system in a way that misrepresents their political support, and that's wrong. But, uh, but folks who are interested in supporting and I need their support can go to votedanbishop.com. You're showing the website on the screen and, uh, and they can donate there. They can be in touch with us about anything they're interested in in con connection with the campaign. So thank you, Jesse, for letting me uh, say that to your viewers. No, no, I appreciate you, Congressman, very much. I don't, I don't, everybody, when's the last time I told you to donate to a politician? I never freaking do that.
VoteDanBishop.com. Help the man. Thank you, Congressman. I appreciate you. Good man, Jesse. Thanks. Be good. All right. We're not done. We're going to talk about crime, punishment, blue areas. I'm going to talk about these things with my friend Kira Davis in just a moment. First of all, let's talk about dogs. You know, I'm a heartless person, you know. But even I, man, when I see a stray dog, a dog you know has been dumped on the side of the road, that freaking sucks. To think about such a loyal creature like that and they just get dumped and left to fend for themselves and they live horrible lives and they die horribly. That's why I love Delta Rescue. For 42 years, Delta Rescue has run the largest no-kill, care-for-life animal shelter in the world. Taking these animals in and not just not killing them, caring for them. Isn't that freaking awesome? And look, tax-deductible. They do this with your support. That's how they do it. Go to deltarescue.org and give. That dog that broke your heart on the way home last night you saw on the side of the road? You want to do something to help out animals like that? Deltarescue.org. All right? Give what you can. We'll be back. Be perfectly honest, after three years of reflection, I was hoping for a little more remorse, regret, acknowledgement of some responsibility. I think your culpability is less than Mr. Chauvin, but well above Mr. King and Mr. Lane as an experienced senior officer who was in the best position to save George Floyd. You are sentenced to 57 months in prison with credit for 340 days already served. Four years in prison. That's two Tau. He is the officer who was standing by making sure the crowd couldn't rush the scene. He was doing traffic control, essentially, and just got sent to four years in prison. Joining me now, Kira Davis. She is the author of the book, Drawing Lines. You know, Kira, if you watch the show. Kira, honestly, I, I, I'm not one of these people. The police are the enemy or cops are gods. I think that's ridiculous. There's obviously a mix in there. But I will tell you, Kira, they're going to be the enemy in the future because what decent person would join the police force? You're going to have police forces full of turds because what human being would put themselves in that kind of risk? Well, Jesse, I will point you back to the case in Memphis where five or six Memphis police officers yeah. beat a man to death on camera. That was a direct result, can be directly traced to the lowered standards for police officers because of the Black Lives Matter movement, because of defund the police. It, already they're having trouble in police departments across the nation, including here in California and Los Angeles and San Francisco, recruiting responsible members of the department. So we're already seeing the results of this. I have to say that I, I find this particular sentence to be egregious, absolutely unnecessary, unjust, and I don't think this gentleman had anything to do really with what happened to George Floyd. I think the person who had something to do with it is serving a pretty steep sentence, maybe even a bit steeper than I think he should have. 
Um, so all of this is just disgusting. But yeah, absolutely. Why would you want to join the police force when just to show up and do your job could put you at risk for going to jail? What's the incentive to protect the people? That actually brings me to this video, which you no doubt have seen of a crook and a convenience store owner. Well, here it is. We're following developing news in Stockton. We have now learned the store clerks seen on a video beating a man who was trying to steal from their store are now under investigation for assault. So here's how it all started. The video shows this man going into a 7-Eleven in Stockton and emptying shelves of cigarettes into that large trash can. The video then shows the two clerks try to stop him before hitting him with a stick more than two dozen times. The store clerks now say this man stole from their store two other times and threatened them. Stockton police say they are investigating the man who was beaten for robbery and the clerks for assault. Uh, sorry, I love that video. But OK, Kira, so this brings me to this point of this horrible downward spiral and where it stops. So we're going to have a bunch of turd cops because good cops will leave and go somewhere they're appreciated. The crooks are protected. The convenience store owners are really just homeowners. Any law-abiding citizen who tries to stop one of the crooks is prosecuted for crimes. So that sounds like a death spiral of hell for any of these blue areas that's honestly, we use it, we use it like it's hyperbole, but it really is gonna be like escape from LA or escape from New York in these places until it stops. Where's it stop? I don't know where it stops, but I'll tell you that there are already places like this. I have lived in several um, over the course of my years as an American. They're called the ghetto. It's called the hood. It is a place where a lot of lawlessness reigns free, where people are afraid of the police, where people don't trust the police or the police are are subpar at their jobs, where there's no political recourse and where you can't always trust your neighbors and people are left to fend for themselves. I have been screaming this from the top of my lungs since I started doing this job, Jesse, that what happens in the black community is a bellwether for what's going to happen in the larger United States. That's not an original thought. A lot of people have said that over the years. Now it's coming to a neighborhood near you. It's, it's utter and mass chaos. It's never stopped in the black community, um, in the inner city communities, I should say, the poverty-stricken uh, portion of our community. It's never stopped. So I wish I could tell you how we get it to stop elections. Elections have consequences. Um, people who live in blue cities in the inner city don't seem to have the political willpower to change it. So the only example I can ever look to, Jesse, and I know you know this well, is, is Rudy Giuliani in New York City. So it's something that can be done if the people have the willpower. I think in the meantime, we're all going to be like these shop owners. We're going to have to take up our big sticks. By the way, they're in Stockton. Stockton is a very liberal California town. I mean, they just passed a universal basic income there. So you can imagine what the, uh, the justice system is like in Stockton, California right now. Yeah, those convenience store clerks are officially in some very serious trouble. Well, okay, so the Rudy Giuliani thing is something I wasn't thinking about as the cynic I am, but it does give me some hope. Like those morons in Chicago. They had a more moderate Democrat on the ballot after they dumped Lori Lightfoot. They ran to the polls and, have, and elected the full-blown communist Brandon Johnson. And part of me, Kira, and I don't want to be this guy, but part of me is happy because I know that that city is going to descend into a living hell and maybe some people will look into the mirror because that's what we need. We need people to look in the mirror, right? 
I don't know if it's going to take people looking into the mirror justice. This this, co- this conversation is is so big, much bigger than what we have time for today. Because when I was running for school board, I was thinking about all the votes I didn't get. And I'm wondering if we really are electing these people. And I'm not talking about fraud. I'm talking about the amount of people who go out to vote. Yeah, Chicagoans did reelect uh, or elect um, a, a Marxist idiot. We just did the same thing in, in LA when we had the chance to elect a moderate. But I think in LA, like 7% of the people vote there. I don't know what it is in Chicago, but I bet it's pretty low. And I bet the unions cover that spread just by making their people get out and do it themselves. So this is a multi-layered problem. I think what you're seeing happening with school boards across the country, with parents busting up the teachers unions, the GOP needs to replicate that across the board. They need to go after the unions. I know that's going to be hard for those in D.C. because you've got the Uniparty in D.C. and they're all supported by the unions in one way or or another. But you get a few brave souls like Giuliani in the 80s and 90s, who are willing to pull the trigger on some things, who are who are willing to risk not getting reelected. You go after the unions, you break that, and you start letting people vote honestly. We could see a change, but there's just a lot of uphill terrain to cross right now. I suggest, and I mean this quite seriously, but I suggest that if you can, you should go buy a gun and you should learn how to defend yourself and your family. It doesn't look like the government, local or federal, is coming to your rescue anytime soon. Yeah. Kira, I hate I hate to even ask it, but I'm gonna ask one last one and I'm just gonna let you go. You mentioned the seven percent voting in LA, probably similar in Chicago, but you can point to these numbers honestly in red areas, blue areas, the oftentimes shockingly low voter participation levels. And Kira, I'm sorry, but we deserve this country. This is the exact disaster we deserve. We can't wake up, we can't get engaged, can't turn the game off, can't stop ordering DoorDash for 15 minutes to go down and vote. In my blood red Texas town, Kira, I was the only, oh, me and one ancient year old, uh, ancient man who looked to be about 10,000 years old were voting last time there was a local election in here. Until people care, we deserve this place. No, we get the government we deserve. I mean, for sure, I believe that. But look, this is a larger issue, again, than just one thing or the other. I point this out in my book that you talked about at the top of the show, Jesse, Drawing Lines. You can go look that up at Amazon. But I talk about why education is so important. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to be focusing my message moving into 2024 for the GOP on getting them involved in education. Because the GOP needs to look at education not just as a battleground when it comes to what's happening with the kids and their gender identity and all that, but as educating the future, educating your future voters. The reason why you and that ancient old man, God bless his soul, were the only ones voting is because we have totally thrown out um, education when it comes to patriotism, patriotic education, educating our children on the apparatus of government and the part they play. It wasn't that long ago that that was a huge um, cross-section of American public education. Ironically, I've been reading through the Florida curriculum, which is under so much fire lately for one single sentence. In 216 pages, Jesse, I read 
all 216 pages. You can go to my podcast, Just Listen to Yourself, to uh, hear me talk about what I found in there. But they have a leg of that particular curriculum that is dedicated to building up the apparatus of American government, teaching children how it works, and teaching them to have pride and covet the ability to go vote and that privilege. And that's what we need to do. We need to play the long game like the Marxists have been playing. We need to start looking 10, 20, 50 years down the road to when these kids are graduating, how will they look at voting? Will they look at it as something that's important to them? That starts here. Amen. Her book is Drawing Lines. Thanks, Kira. Come back soon. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Uh, next segment might be a little bit heavy. We have the parents of those fallen warriors from Afghanistan. We've got some video of them speaking. We feel like they deserve to be honored. They deserve to have their voice heard. So we're going to play that in just a moment. Before we get to that, let's get to ourselves. She mentioned education. That's a good place to start. But remember, the best place to begin, square one, square zero, is yourself. Your physical self, your mental self. Unless we get ourselves right, we can't save the country. We're talking about saving America and our T-levels are bottomed out. Bottomed out. Half of what they were 50 years ago. You realize that? The numbers are in half. That's societal collapse. We won't even make enough kids to continue as a nation, let alone have the focus, the energy. Chalk? The anti-communists, my buddies at Chalk, natural herbal supplements, they have a male vitality stack. Again, natural herbal supplements, 35% off subscriptions. Female vitality stack for the ladies. I start every day with the Chalk Lit Powder. Every single day goes in a smoothie in the morning. Vitamins and minerals ready to go. CHOQ.com, promo code JESSE. All right? We'll be back. Sergeant Taylor Hooper, Sergeant Nicole G, Sergeant Johanny Pachardo, Staff Sergeant Ryan Naus, Corporal Dagan Page, Corporal Humberto Sanchez, Corporal Hunter Lopez, Hospital Corman Maxton Soviet, Lance Corporal Corrine Nakui, Last Corporal Dylan Marola. Last Corporal Jared Schmidt. Lance Corporal David Espinoza. Last Corporal Riley McCullum. That's Alicia Lopez. That is the mother of Hunter Lopez. That was Alicia Lopez reading the names of the 13 warriors who died in Afghanistan on that fateful day. Hunter Lopez, her son, being one of those names. We talk about these people on this show. Not every night, of course, but we remember them. We remember them for a very specific reason. Because many people died in Iraq and Afghanistan. You can argue the merits of Iraq or Afghanistan all day long. I've already had to wrestle with that in my own life, having been to Iraq. But the 13 in Afghanistan stick out to us uniquely because their deaths were uniquely preventable. 
their deaths were caused directly by the Biden administration, whoever you want to blame, Biden himself, the State Department, the generals, it doesn't really matter. Those 13 warriors would be alive today, starting families, raising good families, having good jobs, contributing members of society, wonderful people. They would be here with us today if it wasn't for Joe Biden. That's just a fact. You don't shut down a very secure air base before you evac everyone and then fly everyone back in and tell the Marines to go stand in front of a civilian airport and wish them luck. Guarantees something like this is going to happen. They deserve better than what they got. But they're not unique in that regard, are they? How many warriors in our nation's history deserve better than their leadership? Their political leadership, oftentimes their military leadership. People in this country, patriots, sign up to serve and they volunteer to put it on the line. And sadly, all too often, their lives are thrown away. Oftentimes it's malicious. Oftentimes it's just stupidity or neglect, but their lives are thrown away. But what happened with those in Afghanistan stand out uniquely to me because of the commander-in-chief himself and how he treated those families when they got back home. And I, and I need to clarify something here. I have sons now, and I served, and those two things make this... Uh, uniquely personal to me. But here's the truth of the matter. I think about my sons. I think about if they join the service. And they, they sure might, right? If they join the service. And God forbid they go die. And I have to go meet them, meet their bodies on a tarmac somewhere. I just don't, I don't even know how I would be able to function in that situation. I would be so heartbroken. And then I think about the commander-in-chief showing up and we know now from multiple different parents who were there, he sat there and checked his watch the entire time, clearly had someplace, any place else he wanted to be. And I think about how that would feel if that was my son James or my son Luke in a casket with the flag draped over it and the man responsible for their death sat there the whole time doing this. And I will be frank with you. I know this is not right. I know it's not correct. I'm just being honest here. It fills me with hatred. I really do hate that man. And I know I should not. That's not a place where I should be. And I generally don't have this burning hatred for specific politicians. I kind of hate them all. You know, I don't fall in love with them. But Joe Biden disrespecting those families makes me hate him. Those families deserve better. And I'll play some of them for you in a moment. But... I want to just play for you the defense secretary's thoughts after 13 of our warriors were blown up outside of a civilian airport in Afghanistan. Do you have regrets about the withdrawal from Afghanistan? I support the president's decision. Do you have regrets of, about the withdrawal or how the withdrawal occurred from Afghanistan that cost the lives of 13 of our service members? I, I don't have any regrets. No regrets. 13 dead, no regrets. I wonder if Cheryl Rex has any regrets. When Joe Biden, our elected president, entered the room, when he approached me, his words to me were, my, my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. 
My heart started beating faster, and I started shaking, knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly... Sorry. Be so heartless to say he knew how I felt a little over 24 hours and learning of my son's death. After this encounter, I have never had any personal correspondence, nor has my son been honored or his name spoken by this commander-in-chief or his administration. I wonder if the parents of Darren Taylor Hoover, United States Marine, dead, I wonder if they have any regrets. Our four-year-old granddaughter probably could have used a crayon and a piece of paper and come up with a better plan than what was executed by these, by these generals and by ultimately our commander-in-chief. I think the, the Biden, Biden administration wanted their moment. Uh, they wanted their, their photo ops. Um, September 11th, um, 100% that's what it was. I mean, he had other options. There was other plans presented. Um, I just believe that he wanted his moment. But no regrets for Secretary Austin. Joe Biden, oh gosh, that's something. What, what time were you eating ice cream today? Didn't care. So I guess maybe more than anything else on top of honoring their memories, Maybe this is confession time for me, that I'm full of hatred because of what they did to those warriors and their families. And now we see 3,000 sailors and Marines are off to the Middle East because China and Russia and Iran are rattling sabers across the planet. And I can't help but wonder, all those brave warriors who are in, many of whom are watching right now, I can't help but wonder, are we going to have more lives thrown away by a commander-in-chief who doesn't give a crap? Couldn't care less. Nobody in the Biden administration shed a tear for those 13 warriors. They weren't even slightly bothered. If anything, they were annoyed that they got a drop in the poll numbers. And that's a fact. All right. We're not done. We got more to say. I've got plenty more to say. Just freaking sickens me what this country did to those families, what this president did to those families. All right, we're moving on. Let's talk about education. It's important. Education. Before we get to that, let's get to this. How do we protect ourselves from these evil people, from what they're doing to our financial system? Well, the truth is we can't, really. You're not in control of these people, the way they print money, the way they pass bills. The way, I mean, you have precious little control. I, I don't have any control. We don't know. All I can do is acknowledge that they're destroying the dollar. They are. And I have to acknowledge that I have to do something about that. I buy gold and silver, precious metals. Gold had incredible value 5,000 years ago and will have incredible value 5,000 years in the future. You want to talk about security long after we're all dead and gone. The gold you buy from Oxford Gold, the silver you buy will have significant worth for yours. Go call them. Call 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They'll take care of you. We'll be back. But I rise today as a clear recipient of affirmative action. 
I love her. She's from my area, the Houston area. She's widely made fun of down here. It's hilarious how dumb she is. Joining me now, Kenny Zhu, author of the book, The School of Woke. Okay, Kenny, you, you make an argument about the Supreme Court. And everyone focused on the Supreme Court Harvard decision. Not enough people focused on the UNC Chapel Hill decision. Talk to me about the difference between the two. Yeah, you know, so the Supreme Court struck down affirmative action in admissions, and Harvard and UNC responded differently. Harvard is behaving like a petulant child. They're trying to do everything they can to flout the decision, whether getting rid of SATs, using race in the essays, everything like that. They will be challenged in court and they will lose. But UNC is actually coming out on the right foot. They are banning the use of race in admissions, including in the essay component. And they understand, the Board of Trustees at UNC understands, that America wants meritocracy in college admissions. Uh, this is not the place to be experimenting with social agendas. This is the place to admit people based on excellence. Why the Asian hatred? Because everyone knows what this is. We don't have to dance around the whole thing. Harvard's didn't want Harvard's campus to be 100% Asian. Since the Asian community in this country has a much better focus on grades than the rest of us, it was going to be. And they decided they didn't want that. But why? Who cares? As I argue in my new book, School of Woke, the left has a very dim view of merit, which is very dangerous if you're trying to teach children because children needs to be, need to be incentivized to work hard by getting good grades. And so when Asians perform, in fact, they perform very well because they study so hard. They, in fact, study twice as many hours as the average American. The left doesn't like this inconvenient minority coming in and ruining their oppressor, ruining their oppressor oppression dynamic. They would prefer it if minorities were all dumb and victimized and white people were the smart people and the oppressors. But Asians show uh, that hard work, high achievement can be can transcend whatever minority status you have in this country. And that's why the left does not like them. Tell me about this book. School of Woke is a deep investigation into the recesses of the K-12 public education system. This is not your mom and dad's generation of public schools where you thought that people would come in and they largely care about the best interests of the student. Instead, we've been spending three times as much money on the public education system over the past 40 years and have gotten zero results. Why? Where has that money gone? It has gone into the hands of activists and a network. Schools have become a network for woke bureaucrats, democratic policy officials, and big tech companies to collaborate together. It has become about adult interests, not student benefits. People should know this should be the resource School of Woke. The book is School of Woke. Find out who's educating your kids and what they're teaching them. Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate you, brother. All right. All right. We'll have a great, we have a great light in the mood for you in just a moment. Before we get to that, let's do something. Let's take care of our puppies. I, I'm going to admit something to you. You're going to be shocked by this, but I'm going to admit something to you. I actually like my dog a lot. No, I didn't want to get a dog. The boys wanted a freaking dog. And then we got the dumb dog, and he's an idiot. But I can't help it. That big fluff ball just throws himself on you all the time. And I would like it if Fred lived healthily and lived for a long time. I give Fred rough greens with every meal, all natural nutritional supplement, because I want him to live for a long time. That's why.
Yes, I get benefits from it. He doesn't have digestive problems after every meal anymore. He used to get ear infections all the time. Those are very, very rare now. That's what happens when you start giving your dog actual nutrition instead of dog food, which is nothing. But I like the dog. You like your dog? If you do, go to roughgreens.com slash jesse and get a free bag, free trial bag. All you pay for is the shipping. Or you can call them. 833-33-MY-DOG. Keep your dog around a while, all right? We'll be back. All right, it is time to lighten the mood. And it's time to lighten the mood with a dead body in a trunk. But not really. Well, I'll explain in just a moment before we get to the dead body in a trunk. Let's say there was a dead body in your trunk. And I hope to God there isn't. Stay on the right side of the law. But if there is, you know, one of the main problems is, on top of you being a bad person and probably going to prison and stuff like that, the smell. The smell would be horrible. You know what you would need? An Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Because Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it actually kills the viruses and mold in the air. It cleans your air. I remember my mom calling to complain at me about Eden Pure because it removed the smell of her Christmas tree at Christmas time. These things are amazing. You want a good smelling home or trunk of your car? They sell three packs of these, $200 off. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE, and get your three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. One for your bedroom, one for the kitchen, one for your trunk, all right? EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. Now, a dead body in a trunk? How can I help you? Um... I was just driving down Lincoln Way, and I was behind this car, and they had, like, hair sticking out of their trunk, and I don't know if it was, like, a wig or if it's, like, a possible person in their trunk. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, Jesus. The craziest thing you're not going to believe. What happened? So we got a call. Somebody's concerned. Are you with, like, a hairstylist? No. Sorry, my best friend. I can't tell you. Okay. So there's like hair hanging out of your tongue? Oh my Jesus! Someone's like. Oh, that's my weed! Oh, hold on. That's my wig. Hold on. What? Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, see you tomorrow. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. 
tunnel to towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time hey have you ever used cheapo air for years and i really like it with cheapo air you can book online use their app or even over the phone They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.